Cast Strength, the Whiskey Podcast, brought to you by myself, Torrin, and my brother and co-host, Ronan. Follow us on Instagram at Cast Strength Pod or on Twitter at Cast Strength Pod. Enjoy the show. Slash. Hello and welcome to uh, Cast Strength, the Whiskey Podcast. Uh, usual people here today are joined by me, Torrin my brother and uh, co-host Ronan, but we're joined today by an extra special guest, uh, Patrick Fisher from Elite Wine and Whiskey, and he's going to kind of talk to us today about uh, his company, his role, a bit about whiskey and kind of general chat as well. And if you're uh, a bit like ourselves, we've all kind of invested in whiskey, whether it be bottles or uh, casks in our time, we probably... Maybe I'll be a bit clueless to start off with, but we're going to ask Patrick the questions and he's going to fill us in on uh, everything we need to know. So first of all, Patrick, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us. <laughs> uh, thank you for such a lovely introduction. Um, no, I'm, I'm doing good. Lo- lovely day. Uh, what about yourself? Yeah, we're doing all right. It's yeah, uh, three in Glasgow as usual, but uh, yeah, nothing changes. Um, we'd, we'd probably like to just kind of start off with, uh, tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into whiskey or how you got into the company yeah yeah sure um, what whiskey you're drinking this evening yeah (laughs) um i um i i got god i got into whiskey and spirits a long a long time ago um i graduated for uni back in god early 2000s now unfortunately right um and um was was involved um Straight for the off, we uh, in Bev, we make Stella Beck, Stolgarn Lefty Brahma, all that sort of stuff. Right. Um, and then sort of across the years, evolved from that into the more spirit side of it. Um, and then a few years back, got approached to, um, you know, use, use some of my contacts um, and knowledge um, to come and join um, a wine and whiskey investment company, um, which, you know, I didn't know much about at the time. Um, and you know the lovely, lovely guys at Elite and, and Steve that, that own the company, um, sort of filled me in, gave me the confidence in terms of what it was they wanted to sell um, and how the investments worked and were structured for private individuals, um, and um, sort of then jumped on board and um, sort of fully immersed myself in it from there. Um, and um, it's a, it's a thirty-two-year-old group laddie. As oh, okay. right. um, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if you can see it well enough from where it is, but um, oh, nice. That's uh, that's 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 it there. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a incredibly nice, uh, a nice, a nice drink, and it's um, you know, a nice gift that I got uh, from one of the, from one of the clients actually. So um, yeah, can't can't complain in the slightest. What kind of whiskey do you usually enjoy? Are you more an Isla man, or do you go to Highlands? I'm quite, I'm quite varied actually. So, I guess the best whiskey I've had in the last twelve months was a Hunter Lane Mortlach, thirteen year old, and that had, I think, three years in a sherry cask, mm-hmm. right. and it was stunning. You know, it was a hundred and ten pound a bottle, but exceptional, exceptional value. Yeah. Um, outside of that, probably the best whiskey that I've ever ever drunk ever <clears throat> was a Tomatin thirty year old. Um, right. And I had it when I was up in Pit Lockery for a Christmas light switch on. Um, and I don't know if you spent time in Pit Lockery, oh, yeah, but right. my God, 
at Christmas time when they do the Christmas lights switch on, they mm. they have they light up the whole town. They have the sort of best dress shop window, and all the little whiskey shops down the street are doing free whiskey tastings. Um, so I was sort of filling my boots with my partner and, a, and our little child, little child, nearly a teenager now, but little child then, <laughs> um, and um, d- doing all the whiskey sampling, buying a few bottles for presents. And next thing I know, the guy's like, look, I've got a whiskey here that tastes like pure pineapples. Just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's absolutely insane. It's bonkers. You'll never have tried anything like it. And um, I was like, it can't be, it can't be. And he said, look, I tell you what, if it tastes like pure pineapples and open that bottle and you agree and you're, you're straight in fear of me, you've got to buy that bottle. <laughs> so off I went, tried it with him. Pure pineapples, just such a delight on the taste buds and on the palate. And... Um, and I bought the bomb. Um, and then I've never been able to find that anywhere else ever since. Oh, really? Was that an interview? Yeah, 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 really. I've, I've tried, I tried another Tomatin 30-year-old, but it wasn't for the same bottling the same year. Yeah. And it just just wasn't wasn't anything like it. But, um, yeah, that, that's that. I'm, I'm very varied. I like to try a lot of different uh, different whiskies. I would never say that I'm either Speyside or, or anything like that, or that I have a particular affinity uh, to a particular brand. Because, you know, as you guys know, the tastes change all the time, uh, depending on, you know, the casking, the year. Yeah. You know, sometimes the finishing, the, some of us get a bit more experimental these days, um, and that just can blow your socks off or leave you massively disappointed. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things, so two things, with the whiskey industry is that you find that bottle that you think oh this is amazing I'll need, need to try and buy another one and it's the great and the bad thing about it is that you can't find another bottle you're constantly hunting for it to find it so that means you have to try other things and you go in and try distilleries that maybe you've never tried before to try and find that pineapple flavour you were looking for yeah but it's also the, the great thing about the whiskey industry is you try one and you go oh that's amazing I'm never going to forget that but the opposite is that you can never find another bottle of it um, yeah, which is sort of, I guess, what I find makes the whiskey industry so interesting is that you can try something you really, really love. And with most things that you can love out there that you would consume, you could usually get it quite regularly. And you can yeah. see that whiskey is, is, is so hard to come by after, you, especially the one you like the most. The one you dislike the most, you could see it everywhere. Yeah, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It, it's a moment in time, if you like. Yeah. Um, when when you find those special bottles and those special tastes. Yeah, and again, it's one of those things as well. You, 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 people often tell you you don't want to meet your hero because they'll often leave you disappointed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, if somebody's describing whiskey as their hero, they might have a touch of a problem there. No, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's if you were to ever try that 30 year old tomato again, because yeah. it's an experience and it's the, the situation you're in and the people you're with, you could sit down at a bar and try it again, and you've had a bad day at work or yeah. whatever, and you go, I don't like this as much. But the experience yeah. of being at Putlockery and the, the environment that you're within mm-hmm. has added to the flavour of what you've just tried. Yeah, exactly. Going on, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That even goes to like, today. The whiskey I'm drinking here is my favourite whiskey in the world. And unlike you, when I tasted it, I thought I need some more bottles. It's a long row. <laughs> <laughs> it's a log row red 12 year old and when I tasted it for the first time it was like a, it was like a new beginning in whiskey and I really uh, changed the way I kind of thought about peated and sherry cast whiskies together so yeah. I went out and bought a few more bottles and I never opened 
Um, I never opened them for ages because I was like, oh, I'll keep it for something special and something special. Yeah. And then it passed and then I never opened it. One day I opened it and it doesn't taste as good as it did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, absolutely. I'm very sorry to hear that. I know, I know. <laughs> but it's, it's still the best whiskey I've ever tried. Um, so, um, Patrick, could you tell us a bit about your job? I know you travel kind of up and down from Scotland a bit. What yeah, sure. So I'm the head buyer for Elite. Um, I secure every single whiskey cask that um, Elite sell on to other whiskey investment companies or that we sell on to private individuals. Um, I travel all across Scotland um, to every distillery um, and I'm very fortunate and blessed that you know I get to sit down and meet and chat or have lunches or dinners with you know some of the big CEOs of, of the companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sometimes get a nice inside track on what's happening with potential rebrands or, you know, what it's going to look like in five years time. Because obviously they're, they're planning years and years and years ahead. Um, you know, and a lot of them very much just see themselves as, you know, holding the baby, if you like, for yeah. the next uh, leader of the next generation to come along and do it. And that's, that's a really wonderful thing to be able to to be part of and, 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 and to experience, you know, um, and at some point, you know, I won't be here and somebody else will be and, you know, they'll get to enjoy all, all of that stuff as well. Yeah. Right, so are you, are you just buying casks or do you buy kind of rarer bottles as well for investment? No, I, I, ju- I just buy the casks. Right. Um, what I do, what I do do though is with um, people that approach us who want to sell um, the rare bottles. Right. Um, I help, give them a, a good guideline valuation um, and then I send them in the right direction of where to sell that to get the highest uh, the highest amount. So with you're saying you're, you're going and you're, you're visiting in distilleries is there right now within the, the this is off the cuff this isn't one that's good sort of cask whiskey investment is there I presume there would be like a top tier of these are, yes, you must invest in these. But the, the question is, is there an under tier, up and coming, as you would say, like these are ones that you would you, fork? A hundred percent. These are getting A hundred percent. You know, if I was to take Ben Rea as an example, right? Uh, you know, uh, nice rebrand not so long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Obviously, the parent company, um, you know, and Jack Daniels and everything else have invested a lot of time and money and effort into the rebrand and the, the different finishes, the new expressions, um, and have a long-term vision over the next five years for what, you know, they want to achieve with that, which also includes getting it into a wider audience through new supermarket contracts of which you saw recently with them launching into 170 Waitrose stores mm-hmm. and positioning themselves in that you know, premium category, if you like, but yeah. also, you know, using using the routes to market they've got through those larger brands that they own, like the Jack Daniels of the world. Yeah. Um, and so, Ben, and, you know, those casks, when those deals become public knowledge, those casks become incredibly hard and rare to get hold of, along with the parent company restricting uh, the availability of those yeah. casks to the open market. And, you know, over the past six to 12 months, you've seen the value of a Ben Riot cast double, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's for something that is three, five, seven years old, just simply because 
you can't get hold of it. It's suddenly more in the public's public arena and people are more aware of it and they're seeing the things happen with it. Um, you know, and that is an example of, you know, one of those casks that maybe 18 months ago, whilst people knew it, thought it was a good whiskey, it, you know, it, it wasn't in a sexy modern design, you know, it wasn't as much in people's faces. They couldn't go down to, you know, someone like a waitress, see it, touch it, be like, that's the whiskey I own. I've got power of that. That's now my yeah. favourite go-to drink. I'm going to buy that bottle of whiskey and know I've got a cask of that sitting there maturing away. Um, and that's an example of something that, you know, may have been lower down the run, but now yep. it's sort of, you know, is the up and comer, if you like, um, or one of the up and comers. So I, I guess in that sense that when, uh, we'll say Ben Rear, when they get a contract with a Waitrose or whoever, uh, and the bottle's in there and people start seeing it, you're saying the price of that cask will then eventually grow. So the success of the bottle is influencing the price of the cask. But yeah. then because of the price of the bottle, or the, sorry, the bottle being in a Waitrose and the price of the cask going up, people are investing in a Ben Rear cask. That is then all sorts of whiskey investment in casks is benefiting the sale of the bottle because that person will then return to the Waitrose to buy a bottle of Ben Rear. <clears throat> Pardon me. Um, it's a it's a it's an equal trade-off and there's more dynamics to it yeah than simply just that obviously with a company that's that large um you know they've increased the export of the product by utilizing all the routes to market that they've currently got uh through your jack daniels and i think mean, it's Ken kentucky bourbon and the other bits yeah. and pieces they own and when you see that and when you see the different expressions being released and you understand where the company wants to be in three, five, seven years' time. Um, you can relay that to the investor. Obviously, you can never guarantee anything. You know, companies have many great plans that, for one reason or another, COVID being an example, yeah. you know, roadblocks get stuck in the way or they slow down. But in general, when you have all those different elements to put to it, yes, it does help that there are more bottles there available for people to buy to see that people that own a cask can help increase the price as well. But obviously, when a big company like that is putting so much money into a rebrand, you know they're doing it because they want a bigger payoff at the end of it. Yeah. Patrick, um, so you, you, you're in charge of buying the casks. Yep. After you've bought the casks, can you tell us what your company does and what it offers to investors the... The guy on the street, the listener to the podcast, as to tell us what you do for people then. Yeah, sure. So what, what happens is when I secure the casks, um, I sit down with, with the team, give them a whole briefing on why I've decided that the company should buy, you know, cask A or cask B or cask C. Uh, what are the important pieces of information that need to be passed on? What the investor, because sometimes people just want to invest for five years and I tend to buy casks that are, much better positioned for a sort of 10-year 10 10-year 10 hold because, you know, it's a bigger plan. Um, you know, similar things happened with Royal Brackler recently um, as what happened with Ben Reik. Um, and that information is then passed on. They then share that uh, and pass on that education to the customer um, along with other pieces of information. You know, um, there is a lot of whiskey investment companies just now will sell trade name spirit yeah. um, and might not have their staff pass on that knowledge of what a trade name spirit is, let's say, 
to the end customer. Whereas everything we do and the knowledge that we pass on to our sales staff is purely focused on, we'll give you the information. We know we've got the best casks available at the best prices. So we don't have to give you any sort of hard sell. But what we will give you is we'll give you full knowledge of everything that's happening with that cask, with that brand, and also in the wider market so that you've got all the tools available. If you do decide to invest in a cask of whiskey, you've got all those tools at your disposal in your mind to make the best, most educated decision that suits you and your needs or your requirements. Okay. So you mentioned kind of five in 10 years there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. An investor comes to you. I want to invest in whiskey. Would you recommend five years? Would you recommend 10 years? I I would. it's, It's individual to the customer. Yeah. But I specifically go for casks that have a 10 a good 10 year plan behind the distillery um you know we get we get customers that come to us that want a macallan a 25 a 30 year old macallan and then they are paying medium to high six figure sums for that and they might only want to hold it for three or five years because they're seeing the price of the overcast of macallan just absolutely sore Mm. um and you know, that's, that's, a, that's a product, the same with, you know, casks of Dalmore or casks of, uh, you know, older, older island malt, you're going to have into the world, your group that is. Mm. Um, and that's where there's no particular plan that you can give a customer. They just have their minds absolutely laser focused on, yeah. I want this cask at this age. Um, but now it is, you know, if, every, the majority of casks, sorry, that, you know, I purchase are for that ten year that ten year hold, so that the people can see, uh, you know, very good returns at the end of that ten year period. Yeah. So is it mostly the kind of the higher end casks of Macallan and Dalmore, or what? What if somebody came to you with say five thousand pound, ten thousand pound? What kind of returns? If you just on average, I guess, would you expect? Um, it's it's an impossibility to put down an absolute certain figure yeah. and, you know, stake it in the sand and, and pin your name to it. You know, the, the, what, I, what I always do and, you know, have said to, you know, all the sales team and what they do to other people is we use all the data we've, we've got to hand. Yeah. So, you know, we've bought thousands and thousands and thousands of casks across the years. And there are particular brands that are much better performers than others because they have became harder to get. Mm-hmm. because the brands have had uh, refurbs because they've released newer expressions or they've explored newer routes to market and had roaring success through it. Um, for £5,000, you could lay, five, let's say, five to £10,000, five to £12,000 is the sort of average investment that we get from a private individual. Mm-hmm. And they can lay their hands on any cask that they uh, are particularly minded that they may like. You know, from your Ben Riek to your Royal Brackler to a Ben Nevis um, to a Tullibarden to an Ardmore to a Glen Burgey uh, to a Fetter Cairn. Um, just as just as some examples that are all yeah. very broad brushstroke there. Um, you know, Royal Brackler, Ben Riek, um, Ardmore, um, are, and Altmore as well um, are ones that have seen particularly larger price increases um, across the last few years than others because of the behind the scenes work um, that has went on. 
um, some of the things are true with Ben Nevis. Um, obviously, as more people have became educated in the fact that, you know, its parent company is Nika Whiskey. Yeah. And, you know, 70% of what they make goes to Nika Whiskey. But now, you know, there are, you know, some slight changes of foot with what they're doing at the distillery itself. Um, you know, a lot of money going into that distillery, big renovations going on. Um, you know, very exciting things. And um, again, we've seen a squeeze in the market, less of it available, the price is going up, parent company withholding normal stocks for the market. Um, and, and those are just some examples of ones where there have been particularly great returns. Um, you know, it, there's, no, there's no average that you can particularly place, which is what everybody wants. Everybody is desperate for yeah. an absolute figure. And every whiskey is different. And it can change in the blink of an eye if, you know, suddenly an Ardmore releases, you know, a, a newer design and announces it's got, you know, uh, an export deal for, you know, hundreds of thousands of litres of, of whiskey that's secured for five years, then, of course, you know, everybody goes into that, similar to stocks and shares, when a good profit's announced in a company or a potential takeover or things like that. Mm. Um, you know, as I said, you, you've seen in the instance of, of Ben Riek and, and Royal Brackle in particular, just that come to mind from the last six, nine months, you know, that have doubled in price. Yeah. Um, you know, and that is where the education's key, and that's where having a ten-year hold is, is is particularly key because at some point it's more than likely if you're buying a cask of whiskey that is held, the, the the parent company is a big multinational company. They don't own that brand because they just just want to own a whiskey brand. They own it because they got plans for it. And yeah. if they've not already done a refurb on it, then you can rest assured that at some point across that ten-year period, they're working hard behind the scenes with stocks of new expressions you know different style casks new designs and working out on how to utilize the routes to market the best to generate the money back in for the company's shareholders um you know and, and those are for me the key indicators and the key things you want to be looking for when you're looking at purchasing a cask of whiskey so when you're saying there that you're saying that there's no you can't say put a number on an average or you wouldn't want to guarantee a certain amount back for a certain investment i go back an article that was just out in casking still is there's companies yeah. investment companies out there that are guaranteeing returns of nine and a half percent on five thousand ten thousand pounds investments and they are guaranteeing that this is definitely what's going to happen <laughs> yeah I, th I, th I think the the article on Cask and Still, I mean, it was a pretty damning article. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Its title was Fool's Gold. Uh, I'm pretty sure it mentioned uh, a lot of companies scamming individuals, um, promising things that there is no absolutely yeah. no 100% way of, like, saying a, a specific amount of money back for a certain amount of investment. Yeah. Um, and these sort of companies could, I don't know, I, I see them all the time in Facebook. They're using figures, percentages that have been plucked from rare bottles being sold for over 500% of what they were originally uh, yeah. released as. Um, and these sort of guarantees, well, they aren't. They're not guarantees. There's no way that you, you'll be able to guarantee an investment would return that amount of percentage. Well, that, that's exactly what I, what I said to you. And I think this is where... The education of the staff that sell the product to you is <clears throat> absolutely paramount. Yeah. And 
I I have certainly seen it and came across it where other companies, whether it is trade name spirit or whether it is absolutely mad returns, mm-hmm. um, you know, they, they do say things that are potentially, um, you know, um, blurring the lines, maybe, yeah. if that's the correct expression. You know, it, it's... You know, I would never want to speak ill of, of any other companies, yeah. um, you know, because that, that's, you know, oh, I'd rather focus on, I'd rather focus on <laughs> all the great positives of all the great work we do. And we'll yeah, only ever yeah. sell you a main name brand that's owned by a massive multinational. And you know what they're going to do each year. There's inflation across 10 years. There's a price increase nearly every year of one to two percent. And of course, with some of them, you'll get really fortunate and there'll be a rebrand in that period that we can kind of factor in. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, I I agree with you. It's like anything, isn't it? You know, there will be um, people that sell shares, stocks and shares that will, you know, play around with what a, a year-end report says about, you know, the company and its potential outlook and its potential performance the next year ahead or 18 months, 24 months ahead. You know, we even saw it with Tesco's a few years ago, how even Tesco's to keep its shareholders happy had you know, was it they'd, they'd over exaggerated the profits or something like that? And, you know, they got they got scolded pretty hard. You know, there will always be a few bad eggs, I guess, and amongst the really good, hardworking people that are, you know, selling something that is, you know, no guarantee apart from, you know, as whiskey matures and gets older, it gets more expensive. Yeah. Um, and you can obviously play in, you know, the inflation and, you know, various other factors that, that you know. Um, and, of course, you know, the price that certainly we sell our casks at are below what the value of that cask would be right now in the market if it was bottled. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you took a 10-year-old cask and were to bottle it as a 10-year-old whiskey, that cost of the cask would come in at less than what that would be just now. That yeah. makes sense. Right. Um, you know, which is an incredibly fair way, I believe, you know, to, to do that. Um, and is, is well, you're, when you're speaking about five, ten year plans and, and speaking with, I guess, head sellers of um, distilleries, there was a, again, cited from this article, there was a, a 2000, in 2011, there was a scam done for a distillery, Grand Tully. Grand Tully? Yes, Grand Tully Single Malt from a distillery that had never existed and was being built and people invested over four million pounds to, to buy casks wow. from. Wow. And you are solely working with distilleries that are well established. Yes. Not necessarily, not necessarily owned by big multinational companies, but companies of a good reputation that yes. have the plan and are going to be there. And the distillery itself is definitely going to be there in five, ten years time. Yes, surely. Yeah, that, 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 that's it in a nutshell. And, I, I, and, you know, I think we've probably all seen it, haven't we, where you've had an ad pop up from, you know, a, a, a new startup distillery where you can buy a cask that will be done a year down the road. Yeah. Um, but if you pay us now, then, you know, it'll be done a year down the road. And, and they, you know, for me, they are the dangerous ones because they are asking for sometimes eight to ten seven thousand eleven thousand pounds for a, a new make fill cask that in 10 years time at the age of 10 years might not even come close to being worth that 
Yeah. And, you know, there's not even a physical bottle of the whiskey there for people to see and touch. And that's why it's so important for us as a company. We will only sell casks where, you know, as you've just said, it's not just, uh, you know, a mainstream distillery that, you know, will still be standing. It's something you can go and see in your supermarket. Yeah. Something, that, you know, when you go through duty free, you'll see the really nice uh, special editions that, that they've done. Um, and you can have that confidence that this cask of whiskey, you know, will, along with the distillery, will still be there in, in that point in time and, and still be climbing up in value to some degree or another, you know, whether it is in line with inflation and the percentage increase that distilleries put on every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so and kind of where you get the kind of casks from, I know you say you visit all these distilleries and all that, but surely a distillery just now their whiskey, owning their own whiskey in the warehouse is more profitable for them than selling it to a company like yourself or another company. Do you get it from private individuals? Do you get it from other means? Nope. Uh, the whiskey is the whiskey that we buy is purely sourced um, from reputable distilleries uh, that we have just spoken about. Um, right. yeah. You know, it, it's 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 as simple as that. Um, we will not buy through. Um, third parties um, where it's a bit difficult to establish the source at times. Okay. Yeah. No, I think that would be reassuring for our listeners to hear. Um, that obviously, obviously every whiskey cask has a paper trail, but if you're getting that straight from distilleries, uh, it gives kind of confidence and it gives also provenance as well, I guess. Yeah. And of course you've got the, you know, when you buy the whiskey, you get the cask number that's associated with it. But, you know, is your, is your ultimate security is cask number and the bonded warehouse, the bonded HMRC warehouse where it's laying. And, and you know, you can literally pick up the phone to them and, you know, I've got cask, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that cask is here. Yeah, it's in your ownership. Done. I've got loads of questions down here, like, uh, about what you can get, what what return you can get in the first uh, zero to three years, five to... <laughs> I am not opening Pandora's box. I know, I there, are, there, are, there are some whiskies that we selected where we knew there was behind-the-scenes stuff going on that have doubled in value in zero yeah. to three years. Likewise, there are some that we have selected that have not doubled in value but have increased, you know, 4% a year or, or, or 5 or, or 8 uh, uh, and where, you know, there's been continuous work by the distillery going on to raise the, the provenance of, of that. Um, and then there are some where there will be, you know, another uh, big bang effect when a new rebrand comes out and, and things like that. People that have bought those casks will be, you know, in a very fortunate position. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going near Pandora's box that, on that at all. That's fine. I think, I think what if the listener or the, the customer, whatever, They've got to come to you, then your trained staff will then be able to give them an informed uh, well, information about certain yeah. casts that they would like to buy and everything's different. Um, I know as myself, I would like to hear the 10% the first year, if you keep it for five years, it's obviously not as simple as that. And no, of course when, it's not. When we asked you, when I asked you about a percentage, you, you said that, but as to go back to the article, the article is kind of slating the companies that are saying you'll get, I think it mentions like 500% return or something on certain no, bottles. The 500% was a, a, a figure that some companies use to show how 
rapid whiskey investment is growing, but that's based off of your ones that are found in abandoned ships that have been sailing to America and then right, been okay. scrapped up and sold again. The, fig- <laughs> the, the figures that they were I, speaking about was uh, investment companies, a guaranteed return, as I said, of 9.5% growth. Um, and the article states a UK government 10-year bond currently yields at 0.84%. So, yeah, to, to go back over what we were saying, there's, there's some companies promising silly amounts of money. Yeah. Returned. And and if and if somebody is promising you silly amounts of money, then you know what to do. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's you know leave that alone and you know talk to somebody that's offering you. I mean, there's 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 real key factors to look for. You know, talk talk to somebody that is, you know, not telling you you've got to buy it today because there's only ten casks or five casks of this. You know, if they're a good company, they'll have good stock continuously. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, you know. Make sure it is a brand that you have seen or known, or you can Google and see the bottle lab and see different expressions covering a 30-year period. And you know, if you walk in your supermarket, you you're lucky if you can see it. And that, that those are great indicators that you're buying a, a real solid product. And of course, you know, for, for me, you know, yes, there are a couple of independent distilleries out there um, that are very good, you know, but obviously distilleries that are owned by bigger multinational companies have much bigger deeper pockets and budgets and are in this for the long term and are looking to generate big profits um, from that particular brand or brands Um, and so if they are looking to generate the big profits from it then if you align yourself with that as you would do if you bought shares within the company um, then you should in turn reap some of the benefits of their hard work so I've I've had two questions that came to mind and they're probably I'll see how it goes. Go ahead. Has there been a task from a distillery that you thought this is gonna this is gonna go from whatever price, a thousand pounds a cask, let's say. I know the, the casks are very hard to get a thousand pounds. <laughs> no, no, that... no, you can buy a cask from us for about two two thousand two hundred or something as an entry level point. We'll go two thousand two hundred, you think if you buy this cat in not saying this to a customer obviously, but in your head you're thinking Right, buy this in the next five years. This is this is going to take off, and it's just not. Is there that sort of point where you think, oh, I got like, I got this one wrong? Does that happen a lot? Does it really happen? Um, it's 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 difficult because there's there's a there's a double edged sword. I guess with my answer on this, um, there have been ones that I thought would take off quicker. Right. Yeah. And then they've not, let's say, in a 18-month, 24-month period, and then maybe, you know, 36 months, 48 months, they have then taken off. Yeah, right. um, and that would be, you know, what I'd say. There's, there's not, touch wood, there's not been a cask yet that hasn't increased in value. Yeah. Um, but that's because you know we we align ourselves with like the key the key fundamentals. Yeah. Um. You know any of those big companies, you look across their age expressions, there are significant increases across the years. So if you buy young and sell when it's old, you're going to make money on that. Um. There's not yeah. There's not been. There's not there's not been one yet. I mean you know I can I can think of one or two that sort of stagnated for a year or two and then. When, when the work happened, they just, you know, went, went through the roof. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's, 
as I say, touch wood, there's not been there's not been one yet that's that's went backwards or actually stalled, but there have been you know a couple that have taken a little bit longer than expected. Uh, and my second question there was, is there a distillery, probably from your own sort of personal sort of, uh, experience with whiskey, and is there a distillery out there that you'd love to buy a cask of and invest <laughs> in? Then? Maybe I just a more independent distillery that I've maybe maybe closed shop and haven't sold casks privately or have done before, but are now reluctant to do it. Is there ones out there that you sort of go? Oh, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, is is, is the honest answer. Yeah. Um, you know, Glen Rothis, um, Dalmore, Talisker, mm. rarest cask in the world, Talisker. You will not find it for love nor money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, that that'd be that'd be amazing. Um and yeah, they would be sort of my main three um that I would that I would absolutely love. Um yeah. Uh you say you go around to kind of all the facilities in Scotland. What facilities give you the best treatment and uh what does <laughs> What distilleries do you hate visiting? <laughs> I will. I, I will not say which ones are uh, are the ones that are. Um, I love them all. Oh. Um, but um, but my my favourite is uh, is Ben Nevis. It's my absolute favourite. The setting is spectacular. You know they've done so much work recently on the distillery itself. Um, you know you go there now and it's all it's all it's all brand new and. They've built this amazing viewing platform on the back so you can stare up at the mountain. Um, you know, they, they've done this whole new tasting room bar area. Um, you know, and every and if I go there in the winter, they give me some nice soup and stuff uh, when I get there at lunchtime. Um, and I'm just just amazing, lovely people that work there. Like there is at every distillery. Um, but um, just lovely. And the setting, you know, the drive there is long, but it's a beautiful drive. Um, yeah. And yeah, that that's 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 my favourite just now. It has been for a long time, but you know, obviously when you go to when you go to Isla, you know, what a beautiful place and you know what a beautiful set of people that live there. Everyone is so friendly, all the distilleries. They can't help you enough, can't talk to you enough. You know, they've got all the time in the world for it. Um, you know, but on the mainland, Ben Nevis, Isla just full stop. Um so yeah, fair enough. And um, what's the most expensive cask you've uh, purchased, and I guess then went on to sell? Um, God, uh, Macallan cask. Um, I can't say the actual price for um, a, a date of protection. I guess. Yeah. Right. Um, but but it was mid range six figures. Right. Um, <laughs> And, um, you know, yes, yeah, significant. Um, you know, I was involved in a 50-year-old Glenlivet that was nearly a million. Um, wow. So, um, so yeah, those, those are the two, two biggies. Um, yeah. They sound good. Um, yeah, any more questions? I'm all out of questions from the top of my head. Uh, and, unless you've got um, something else to kind of, add about the company or I kind of want to ask you like how, how the company started but maybe we should ask you at the start but <laughs> no 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 that's fine um Steve Stephen Nick started off as a, as a wine investment company um but for people with individual boxes uh, cases bottles of wine and you know uh through over the years they've built up an amazing reputation 
um, you know, for securing, you know, main name brand wines, good names at good prices for people. Um, and as they developed that reputation, they obviously built up a big portfolio of customers who were generally on the whole fairly happy people. Um, when whiskey started to become a, a good news story across the world, I guess, as you saw more stuff in BBC, Forbes, Telegraph Times, a lot of their clients naturally started to ask, you know, Someone can else. you get whiskey? Can yeah. you tell us about it? What do you know? Um, and then duly they made that natural progression into whiskey as well. Um, and it's one of those things where because as a company, we'll only sell it if it's right for you and we'll only sell it if we've got absolute confidence behind us because we've been here for over 10 years already and we want to still be here in another 10 years' time. Yeah. And you can only do that through taking those slow baby steps to build the good relationships within the industry, to show people that they can trust you within the industry and to the public too. Um, and, that's, and that's what we've done, you know. It's, it's not been overnight that we've been able to have amazing lists of all the main brand named distilleries. You know, it's taken it's taken a lot of time um, and a lot of people, you know, with the whiskey industry, it's still, um, you know, handshakes and a lot of trust, um, you know, and people are, you know, they're just custodians of a brand for a short period of time um, and they want that brand to do well and still be standing there and they won't sell you the family silver um you know are parts of it uh, unless they've got absolute faith and confidence and trust yeah. that you're going to nurture that and you're going to treat that right to the end consumer um and that you know that's why we we do work we only the main names products you will see in your supermarket and why you know the the price that we offer it tends to be on the whole much better than anybody else can right Okay. I hope that kind of explained everything yeah, that you were. Yeah, I think it does. I think it does. Uh, where can where can a listener, if a, if a listener's sitting there liking uh, what you're saying, where can they get a hold of you? Where can they find? Uh, um, if they if they just go onto the website, uh, leakwineandwhiskey.com, um, then they can just fill out a give us a callback form or download a, an e brochure, um, and see if they they like the look and feel of that, and somebody will call them back and just. You know, gently ask them, you know, what do you know? What would you like to know? Um, you know, is there a budget in mind? You know, and we'll just we'll just give them all the knowledge that they could possibly want and a little bit more. Um, and, um, you know, see, see how what they would like to do once they've got that. If they wanted to take that extra step into into, you know, owning owning a cask and then hopefully they can we can be part of their journey into whiskey with them. Sounds good. Um, thanks very much for your time, Patrick. It's no, listen, thanks, thanks to both of you, and I hope you have a lovely, uh, lovely evening. Thank you very much. Thank you, Patrick. Take care.